This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. It is great to have everybody back on this beautiful Friday, February 2nd couple days away from the Super Bowl. Everybody's got their picks. A lot of people love the Patriots. A lot of people hate the Patriots. But a lot of people want the Eagles to win. I really don't have a horse in this race. But I'm not a big Patriots fan. I'm not a big fan of cheaters. So I'm kind of rooting for the Eagles to win this game. Don't know if they will or not. We'll have to wait and see. But enough talk about the NFL. Let's talk about the NHL, our favorite game. The Blues took on the Boston Bruins last night. Jake Allen had an opportunity to play once more. He's not started the game since January 9th. A lot of people around St. Louis act like that's no big deal. It's a big deal to me. It tells me a lot of what the Blues really think of Jake Allen. I know a lot of people are going to say, no, it doesn't. It it should tell you how great Carter Hutton's playing. Hey, Carter Hutton is playing just awesome, and that's great to see. I'm not taking anything away from Carter Hutton. Nothing. He's been playing like the best goalie in the league for his small sample size. But, man, he's just been great for the Blues. You can't expect anything more from your so-called backup goalie that's turned into your number one. But Jake needs an opportunity. He needs an opportunity to win his job back. Whether the Blues are going to give that to him, I don't know. But, man, he played great in the game last night against the Bruins. Had a call go against him, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. And you're going to hear my wrath against the NHL officials. But Jake played great, and he made some great saves in this game because Boston really outplayed the Blues and had a lot more good opportunities than the Blues offense did against Tuka Rask. Played off the glass by Dunn, not out. Here's Krejci, great move around Dunn in a goal. And a great save by Jake Allen. Are you kidding me? After a great move. Allen got the glove up and made his best save of the night. Holy Into the zone. Nash and Backus. And a shot by Nash. And a save rebound. Backus. And a lunging arm save by Jake Allen. Great save again. Desperate going to his left. Braco tries to poke that up the ice. Now shot. Oh, that's a good save. Those were both great saves by Jake Allen. He just played awesome. He looked like the Jake Allen that we've normally seen. Uh, you know, up until the December time when he started kind of falling apart a little bit. I'm not going to blame him for a lot of the losses he had in December. The Blues did not play well at all in December. And a lot of those are a team loss. I know everybody tends to look at the goalies and blame them. But you can't blame Jake Allen for this loss against the Bruins. You just can't. He played a great game. And he would get a goal allowed that shouldn't have been allowed. And it gave the Bruins a one to nothing lead. A real dangerous play, and the Bruins avoided. Here's DeBrusque's shot, saved by Allen, bouncing along the goal line, and Krejci scores! Edmondson saved it twice in the paint, but David Krejci 
she gets the bronze on the board first for the first time in nine games. And you got to like the body language of Jake Allen. There was no complaining about anybody not allowing him to do his job because there were bodies everywhere because the puck was in the crease. Again, a turnover. Bruins force it. They get the sticks in the lane. Nice little play there. Spooner to the brusque. The brusque, the first shot. Allen gets a piece, and it just pops up into the air. And the Bruins get real hungry here. Looked like Spooner was going to put it in. Looked like DeBrusque was going to put it in. And then finally the third wave is David Krejci, who's able to elevate it on the back end. Okay, let's get going on this. First of all, I understand if you're a home team announcer, you've got to kind of push your team. I understand that. But for that announcer to say, you know, there was no complaining from Jake Allen, even though there were players in the crease. In other words, he's saying Jake Allen should not have complained, and it's a good thing he didn't because he shouldn't have. I'm sorry. This was one of the worst goalie interference calls I have seen this year. And for the referee McCauley to come out and say to Doug Armstrong in between periods, well, the reason it wasn't goalie interference is that I don't feel I don't feel, and I remember that, I don't feel that Jake Allen could have gotten back to the puck. Let me go ahead and read the goalie interference rule to you. All right, let's go ahead and do this. This rule is called Rule 69, Interference on the Goalkeeper. Interference on the Goalkeeper, 69.1. The rule is based on the premise that an attacking player's position, whether inside or outside the crease, remember that, should not by itself determine whether a goal should be allowed or disallowed. In other words, goals scored while attempting players are standing in the crease may, in appropriate circumstances, be allowed. Goals should be disallowed only if an attacking player, either by positioning or by contact, impairs the goalie's ability to move freely within his crease or defend his goal. So Macaulay's saying, in his opinion, Jake Allen could not have gotten back to save that goal. Has nothing to do with it. Nothing. He was not able to move freely within his crease or defend his goal. Subsection 2. An attacking player initiates int intentional or deliberate contact with a goalkeeper inside or outside of his goal crease. Incidental contact with a goalkeeper will be permitted and resulting goals allowed. When such contact is initiated outside of the goal crease, provided the attacking player has made a reasonable effort to avoid such contact, the rule will be enforced exclusively in accordance with the on-ice judgment of the referees, and not by means of video replay or review. For purpose of this rule, contact, whether incidental or otherwise, shall mean any contact that is made between or among a goalkeeper and attacking players, whether by means of a stick or any other part of his body. The overriding rationale of this rule is that a goalkeeper should be able to have the ability to move freely within his goal crease without being hindered by the actions of an attacking player. If an attacking player enters the goal crease and, by his actions, impairs the goalkeeper's ability to defend his goal and a goal is scored, the goal will be disallowed. That's the definition right there of what happened to Jake Allen. It's bullshit. If an attacking player has been pushed, shoved, or, or fouled by a defender, so as to cause him to contact into the goalkeeper, such contact will not be deemed inappropriate contact initiated by the attacking player for purpose of this rule, providing the attacking player has made a reasonable effort to avoid the contact. If a defending player has been pushed, shoved, or fouled by an attacking player as to cause a defending player to come into contact 
with his own goalkeeper. Such contact shall be deemed contact initiated by an attacking player for purposes of this rule. And if necessary, a penalty assessed to the attacking player. And if a goal is scored, it would be disallowed. What does that tell everybody right there? It tells me that uh, that goal should not have been allowed. Nowhere in there does it say, if the referee deems that the goaltender in his mind could not have gotten back to make the save, then there is no goaltender interference. It doesn't say that. It specifically says, if the attacking player does not allow the goaltender to move freely within his crease and be able to make a play on the puck with the two Bruins players going up against Jake Allen, one sliding into him by his own fault, no Blues player pushed him, and moving Jake Allen from the left side of the crease where he was out of the crease while the other player standing pushed Jake Allen too. So there was two players pushing on Jake Allen. He could not have been able to defend that puck because of the player's interference. Open and shut. The NHL really, really needs to do something about this. Because if they don't, it's going to come and bite them in the ass sometime during the playoffs. I'll guarantee it. I will guarantee that's going to happen. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's nuts, and I'm getting sick and tired of it. I don't care if it's against the Blues or another team. There was another one the same night where the player basically broke his stick on the goaltender's head, and there was no goalie interference called, and there was no penalty called. These referees need to do it by the rule book, not by interpretation. And that's what McCauley did by interpretation. Enough said. That goal, which wasn't a goal, of course, in my mind, was scored by David Krejci, his ninth goal of the year. DeBrus gets his 15th assist, and Spooner gets his 12th, 12 minutes, 32 seconds into the first. Boston's up one to nothing. The Blues were just outplayed, definitely outplayed. They were getting stuck in the neutral zone a lot. This team has a huge offensive issue. And a lot of people are, you know, they they are saying, well, you know, if they win one to nothing and they win a game two to one, and guys, it's going to come back to bite them sometime. It will. This team has to start scoring somehow or trade for a player that, that can score. I'd love to see John Tavares in a Blues uniform. I would love to see that. I think they need him and they should go after him. So second period comes along. The Blues really didn't really play much better. First period, the Blues did outshoot Boston 14 to 9, but Boston had much better opportunities. Second period, Boston outshot them 22 to 6. Jake Allen didn't allow a single goal. This guy was dead on his game last night. But in the third period, Patrice Bergeron would get a power play goal to put Boston up two to nothing. Pasternak twirls the backhand back to Krug. Spooner down to the corner. Pasternak to Bergeron. He scores! Patrice Bergeron buries the one-timer. It's 2-0 Boston. The guy is having a monster season. And when you look at the matchup coming into the game, the areas where the Bruins have the advantage, better team defense, even though St. Louis has won five out of six, and in those five games that they won, they only gave up four goals. But the numbers favor Boston in terms of how many goals they've given up on the season, and the Bruins have better special teams. Certainly in terms of rankings, and here's your power play. This is something the Bruins worked on in practice yesterday. 
trying to get the right personnel in the absence of Brad Marchand. So Bergeron puts the Bruins up two to nothing. That would be Bergeron's 21st goal of the year. It was a power play goal. Pasternak, great pass. 28th assist. Spooner gets his 13th assist. I thought Spooner had a pretty good game for the Bruins. Nine minutes, five seconds into the third. The Bruins are up two to nothing. And like I said, even though this wasn't the Blues' best game, I don't think this was a good game for them. I thought defensively they played pretty good, but Jake Allen really saved them. He just played awesome. In my mind, I think he played better than Tuka Rask. Even though Tuka Rask got the win, Jake Allen played much better because he had a lot more pressure on him. I mean, second period, 22 shots. Holy hell. That's the Jake Allen that we want to see. Jake Allen was just awesome in this game and deserves a lot of credit for the fact that this game wasn't a blowout after the first period, especially after the second period. The Blues, though, kept working. They didn't get a lot of opportunities. Jaden Schwartz, though, would finally get a goal. His 15th of the year. 150 left in regulation. And then done a drive. That's off Shen to the corner. Schwartz smacks it back of the goal for Tarasenko. And he looks around back for the captain. And then Tarasenko again to Shen. They score! Schwartz on the doorstep. What a play. And the Blues pull the goalie and get a goal to make it 2-1. to one. That is a lot of hard work. A lot of grunt work right there. The backhand pass by, by Petrangelo. Little half, half shot to the slot. Tipped by Shen. Oh, got my stick up. I want it. I got my stick up. Thank you. Thanks for coming. So nice to see Jaden Schwartz be the one to get a goal. I thought he had a good game last night. I thought he played hard. You guys don't understand how hard it is to come back from an injury like that and just skate a little bit and be in practice and then have to come in full speed into games. I thought he's handled that very, very well. That would be Schwartz's 15th goal of the year. Shin gets his 30th assist. Tarasenko gets his 26th assist. 18 minutes, 28 seconds into the third. The Blues are only down 2-1. to one. Well, they wouldn't get any closer. Uh, David Backus would actually get an empty net goal his ninth of the year with just a second remaining. And the Bruins beat the Blues 3-1. to one. Let's go ahead and go over the stats of the game. Shots on goal. The Bruins 46, the Blues 33, face-offs very close. The Blues won that battle 51% to 49%. Power plays, the Blues were 0 for 1. The Bruins were 1 for 1. Penalty minutes, 4 for the Blues, 4 for the Bruins. Hits, 37 to 30 in favor of the Blues. Blocks, 19 to 14 in favor of the Blues. Giveaways, the Blues gave up 14. And the Bruins had 9 giveaways. Let's go ahead and get to the post-game interviews. We're going to talk to Jake Allen about that call that should have went his way. And then we're going to hear from Petrangelo and, of course, Coach Mike on this loss to the Bruins, where the Blues' offense did not show up. Great. Felt like myself. Just ready to go and waiting for my chance, you know. Uh, thought I gave the boys a chance. just wasn't enough tonight. Mike said uh, when he talked to you about getting this chance and you knew you were going to play Boston, he felt like right away that you were looking forward to it. So you feel like coming in, it was going to be a good performance for you? I was just looking forward to any start. You know, it's tough to get in there right now, and you know, I need to uh, win my job back. Uh, you know what I mean? So uh, I thought I played an honest, hard game tonight, and we didn't come out with a good enough effort tonight. Three, three weeks, obviously a long time between starts. How did, how did you cope with it? It had to be kind of frustrating. Uh, I just worked my ass off in practice every single day, you know, honestly. 
Um, some days are frustrating, um, you know, not getting in the net, but Hutz is the best goalie in the league this year, and he's more deserving than anyone to be in that net. So I'm um, very appreciative of that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, i got to get back in there and, you know, get things going again. Jake, some people were thinking maybe Buffalo would be that first game back. Were you glad Mike threw you out there to these guys? I mean, did that help you out in terms of a great opponent? Uh, I don't think it really mattered to me. I, I didn't really care when I was going to get it. It was just going to matter going to be when. And I knew during the break that I was going to play this game. So I was just preparing myself for it. A, a lot of the practices, you're out there 20, 25 minutes before the, the practice. Anything in particular you're working on? Just everything? Or? Sure, I was ready. You know, I never knew when my chance was going to be. And uh, whether it was a throwing in a period or, you know, uh, a surefire, just shock start, you know. But, um, it's it's all about points right now, and Hotzo's getting us points, so that's that's why he was in the net. I know you're most disappointed about the loss, but does it feel good relief to have this behind you now? Played well, and uh... still not good enough. I need to find wins. Uh, it doesn't matter if I have 50 saves or seven saves. I got to find a way to win games. Uh, got to ask you about that first goal. A lot of people think it might be goaltender's interference. I mean, what what did you see? Well, I was almost in the corner, right? So I think you guys got a pretty good look at it. Probably should have been goalie interference, but. Uh, you know, that's the way it is. You get some calls, you don't. Everyone's got a different opinion on it. And some go your way, some you don't. And it's unfortunate because you lose a timeout as well. So, um, uh, I don't know, both sides of the coin there. So it's, uh, it's a tough one for me to answer. Did you get any kind of explanation or no. yourself? No. Jake, did you, even say, did you say anything to the referee just no, to kind of plead your case? I don't think you didn't really say anything. You know, if you, if you saw it, you don't really need to. I think if you complain sometimes, I think it goes the other way. So I think, uh, you know, Everyone's on the ice, and you know we made the ch challenge. And I thought it was the right challenge, and you know sometimes we get them, and sometimes we don't. Is that why you didn't react because you thought it was so obvious that it was going to get missed? What's the point of getting fumed over it? You know what I mean? I still got 50 minutes left to play in a hockey game. For me, it's I have no control over it, so uh, there's no point to get rattled about it. Petro said there was a lot of talk about that at the All-Star game, and that. People are unsure. Is there kind of a gray area in your mind? What is and what is? So, you know, I think it's a tough, it's a tough area to call because it puts the refs in a tough spot. The game's so fast, the game's so quick, and to be honest, they probably don't have time to see everything on the ice either. But you know, it's when the replays happen. Uh, I don't have an, I don't really have a solution for it. You know, the league, I'm sure, will because there's a lot of different topics about that conversation. I hope at some point during the year it doesn't blow a playoff series or something like that. You know what I mean? That's that's the unfortunate part, but um, it's it's tough to comment on, to be honest. I thought it was, but that's not my call. Right, that's why we pay the refs, whatever. How did, you, how did you see it unfold there in front of you? Well, just no one knew where the puck was. I mean, uh, they pushed Jake out of the crease, but I don't know. It's not their call. I don't think they do about now. Is it as gray as it's ever been? I mean, it's been the talk all week. It seems like it's, yeah, well, a lot of chatter about the All-Star game, and I don't know. I don't know what the what they're going to do or how to figure out what's what. What do you think of Jake's performance tonight? It's great. Second period, he was phenomenal. He made some big saves. Um, yeah, he was outstanding. Why did you feel like maybe there were times where it was tough just getting pucks through the neutral zone? Was, was there fork check giving you guys any problems? Well, I think it was more we just kind of played into it. We knew they were going to stand up, and we just kind of played into that. So it was a good, hard game all around. You know, I'm sure they'll say that we played them hard. It was a good battle. So I thought we fought hard, but um, still need more. Obviously a good sign for Jake. I mean, a lot of people, big game. And he made some, that second period especially, he made some unbelievable saves. So 
that was uh, that was a great performance. Did they had like 22 shots in that period? Did things yeah. kind of get away from you guys a little bit? Yeah, we just turned the puck over, played into their hands. But again, Jake's playing that well. He's controlling rebounds. He's finding the puck like that. It was it was impressive. What did you feel about not to, not, not to overturn the first goal? Uh, next question. Not even giving an explanation. Don't not today. No. What do you think of Jake's performance tonight? You know, like you come off the ice and initially you're thinking, uh, you know, I uh, feel bad for Jake. You know, he played a really good game and it's too bad we didn't get the win. But then as Mar is thinking about it, no, I'm actually happy for Jake. Um, I'm happy that he played that game. He, I thought he was outstanding tonight. Um, and if he continues to play like that, then the game will reward him. So um, I hope that uh, obviously we'll have a little chat with him. And if he has the same mindset, then, uh, then good things are coming for him. Going into this game, felt like, hey, let's throw him in a big game like yeah. this. I mean, are you glad you did? It seems like it paid off. Absolutely, yeah. I think he absolutely rose to the occasion. He was outstanding tonight. Um, he looked very confident. He looked very athletic. He looked like, uh, you know, Jake Allen, like the guy that we would expect him to look like. So, uh, you know, again, sitting here very disappointed and, and, you know, obviously very upset that we lost the hockey game. Um, but for me, that'll be the biggest thing that I take out of the game is that I'm happy for Jake. They had uh, like 22 shots in the second period. How did, did it kind of get away from you guys? Yeah, well, I thought we stopped. Uh, I thought I didn't think we were on the body, um, physical like we were in the first period. Um, that's a team with a lot of speed, and if you just let them rev it up, then um, it's tough to slow them down. Uh, and I obviously the biggest issue was uh, getting through the neutral zone. I, I didn't think our execution or even our, our uh, decision making at certain points were uh, were not strong enough. In the first period, we spent time in their zone. The second period, we didn't turn pucks over and allowed them to come back at us with speed. The only thing good about this game, in my mind, was Jake Allen. He played great. I want the Blues to give this guy an opportunity to win his job back. Whether they'll do that, I don't know. I think if he plays against Buffalo Saturday night, then I'll think, yeah, they really want this guy to get his job back. If he doesn't play against Buffalo Saturday night after playing that great game, then I'm telling you right now, they do not think of Jake at this time as the number one goaltender, regardless of the fact of how he plays. And Blues, you need to give this guy an opportunity to win his job back. Every other team in the NHL gives their goalies an opportunity to win the, their job back. People can disagree with me if they want to. I don't care. Carter Hutton is playing great, but Jake Allen played great. He was your starter. The Blues need to give him a couple games in a row. If they don't, guys, I think they're going to be looking at Jake Allen as their permanent number two goaltender. And I personally, nothing against Carter Hutton. I don't think that's a good idea. If Carter Hutton had proven to me that he can play 60 games in a year, hey, then that's fine. I got no problem with it. But he's never played that many. Never. He's played 30 games in a full season. That's it. I want him to do well. He's doing well. And I'm happy that he's doing well. Don't get me wrong. But Jake Allen deserves the chance to win his job back. Well, the Blues will be taking on Buffalo, as I said, and hopefully we'll see Jake Allen there. If not, we'll just see where Jake ends up after that. Buffalo's not a good team. Hopefully the Blues can play much better than they did against the Bruins. Because if they don't, it's possible Buffalo could beat them or give them a very hard game. The Blues need to score some goals. Now's their time to do it against a team that is not a good team. They are not. I don't care what anybody says. Ask anybody around the NHL if the Buffalo Sabres are a good team, if they're a playoff team. They're not. They're already talking about they're not making the playoffs. People in Buffalo are. So 
get some offense going against this team. You've got a couple games coming up against Central Division foes, including one on Tuesday against uh, the Minnesota Wild. You need to start scoring some goals. These low-scoring games are great as long as you're winning. But you've got to be able to score goals because there's going to be games where your goaltender gives up three goals and you're going to have to score four. There's going to be games where your goaltender gives up two and you've got to score three. And the Blues haven't shown me they can do that consistently. So let's hope they can bounce back from this loss, even though it was a questionable loss with that goal that uh, was given to the Bruins. I think everybody will agree with me, unless you're a Boston Bruins fan, that that was not a good goal, that that was interference. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of the Drop Podcast. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, have a great rest of your week, have a good weekend, and make sure to join us next time for more NHL news and Blues game recaps. This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, www.droppodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our show and download current and past episodes from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and Google Play. You can follow the Drop on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about lineupmedia.fm or the Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com, theofficialdrop at gmail.com, or lanced at droppodcast.com. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.